Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. We're going to talk about what's going on in the news right now, the coronavirus, and how that might affect you and your kids, as well as some things you may want to think about. Oh yes, the coronavirus. Now don't confuse that with Corona the beer. That's not what it is. We're talking about the virus that's causing massive disruption in travel, the stock market, events and conferences, and even with schools. Yeah, and not just the K-12 through schools. This is affecting colleges all across the nation. Yes, it is. And we'll get to some of that. But let's start off with talking about how many germs we collect on our smartphones. Did you know that our smartphone screens have more germs on them than a toilet seat? Ooh, yuck. No way. That can't be right. Yes, it is. And actually, there's 25,127 bacteria per square inch, to be precise. Now, I don't think I want to think about that. How can you possibly collect that much? Well, because it's the one item that never leaves your side. You know, people take it with them to the bathroom, you use it in the kitchen, and then it touches your face, you put it on your desk, and well, just about every other surface within arm's reach. In fact, some people even place it face down on restaurant tables. Now, just imagine all the places your kids go and where they take their smartphones. Yeah. Now, don't just take our word for it. According to a 2011 survey study done by researchers at the London School of Hygiene and Topical Medicine, fecal matter can actually be found on one out of every six smartphones. Ooh, that's just nasty. So so why are our phones so disgusting? Well, according to Dr. Gerba, the University of Arizona microbiology professor, we touch more surfaces than any generation in history. From ATM machines to self-checkout counters, you're picking up germs all the time on your hands and fingers and then putting them on your cell phone and bringing that close to your nose, mouth, or eyes. Wow, and that's just us adults. When you think about what kids touch on a daily basis, school lockers, bus seats, water fountains, swings, slides, balls, and who knows what else. Yeah, we didn't even talk about or mention worms, ants, crickers, you know, any other type of things that are, well, what about picking their nose? Okay, Chris, we're not going to talk about boogers. Just forget it. But really, it's easy to see why their smartphones are seven times dirtier than your toilet. Ooh, that's gross. I know. I know. I'm seriously, I'm one of those germaphobe moms. If I had a dime for every time I've said to my kids, did you wash your hands? I didn't hear that water running long enough. Wash them again right here where I can see you. And when I go to the grocery store, I do not like to touch the shopping cart handles. And I will admit, I'm also the mom who carries paper towels in my purse when I fly because I don't want to use those nice, green, and environmentally friendly Dyson air dryers that actually spew germs all over the place. Did you know those air dryers spread 1,300 times more germs than paper towels? No, you can't be serious. you got to be kidding. No, I'm not. There's actually research and real data on that. It was published in the Journal of Applied Microbiology. So we're saving trees, but we're spreading germs and disease, folks. All right, now you've gone down the rabbit hole. Okay, i got to bring you back. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Sometimes it just sort of happens with me as a mom. 
But back to how your smartphone is dirtier than your toilet. So there is a solution. We've got to clean and disinfect them. As simple as that sounds, it's not quite that easy. And if you're not careful, you can end up damaging your phone or ruining the screen. So you're saying there's a right way and a wrong way to clean a phone? Yep. And if you do it the wrong way, you could end up with an angry spouse or teenager and find yourself at Verizon or AT&T shelling out some more money to buy some new phones. Hey, nobody wants that. Well, thankfully, it's pretty easy to avoid. Can you just dump Clorox on it or what? Uh, um, yes and no. Well, for a long time, the advice from Apple and other smartphone makers was only use a lint-free microfiber cloth. However, as of March 9th, they've changed their tune. Now you can use the Clorox disinfecting wipes, but not the ones with bleach in them. And here's why. Your phone has a special coating on its screen to help prevent fingerprints from completely smudging up the glass. Now this coating is also on any of the screen protectors that you might have on your smartphone. It's natural for this protection to slowly wear off over time, but using something like a Clorox wipe that has bleach in it will eat this finish away in no time at all. So if your phone's a few years old or you simply don't care much about it, go ahead, whip out that Clorox wipe and use it as if it's the only thing you have. Now, there are some disinfectant wipes that are made just for smartphones, and I'm pretty sure Lysol has some, although you'll probably have a hard time finding them right now at this time. Right. With the run-on Clorox wipes in general, there is another way that you can do that's completely safe and inexpensive. Really? What? Take 70% isopropyl alcohol, and you mix the alcohol in a one-to-one ratio with distilled water, and then put it in a spray bottle. Then just spray a microfiber cloth and clean away. You'll have a germ-free phone without destroying it. And you can also use this cleaning method with any type of smartphones. And you can clean your tablets, iPads, and laptops the same way. Just a word of caution. Be very careful on the other types of devices to not get any liquid in the keyboard, the ports, or anywhere it has an opening. Because you can damage the device if you do. Now, some of you may be thinking, I have a waterproof or water-resistant phone, so I'm just going to dunk it in some soapy water, scrub it for a few minutes, and it'll be good. Nope, nope, don't do that. Even though the phones say they're waterproof, they aren't meant to be immersed in water and then scrubbed down with Dawn dish soap. Yes, waterproof just means if someone pushes you in the pool or you accidentally head into the ocean with your phone in your pocket, like someone sitting beside me, you can get out of the water, let it dry out, and it should be okay. So be smart about how often you clean your family's phones. You don't need to clean them every day, but it won't hurt them if you do, as long as you use the methods we just mentioned. Oh, there is one other way to clean your phones that we forgot to mention. We're going to tell you about it, but just know that they are sold out on Amazon and on their website as of right now. Yeah, I can't imagine why. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yes, the phone soap. It's a phone sanitizer. The only one that's been patented and proven to work. So you're saying there's copycats and knockoffs? Yes, there are. But these guys were featured on the Discover Channel and also on Shark Tank. Basically, it's a UV sanitizing device. They have several model options. If you want to pre-order one, it looks like they're shipping between April 15th and May 30th based on the model you get. Now, to be clear, we aren't paid to tell you about this gizmo in any way. 
You see, we have one of these, and we've had ours long before the coronavirus came out, especially since I'm a germaphobe. Now, if you have kids, you may want to seriously consider getting one of these, especially before next fall and flu season starts up again. So we mentioned earlier about how this virus is affecting schools across the U.S., and not just grade schools, but also colleges. As parents ourselves, we know how much of a challenge this could be and just want to give you some ideas to consider so that if it happens in your community, you're not completely stressed out and don't go into total panic mode. First, I'd like to encourage those of you who may be stuck working from home with small children that it's going to be a mess and it's going to suck, but this too shall pass. And it's okay to give them some pipe cleaners and tape. Don't ask. Just hand them over and smile. And you may want to also consider some audible books that they can listen to while they color or play with toys instead of leaning on a screen to occupy their entire day. But if a screen is all you've got, this would be the one time I'd say, do what you got to do. For those of you with older kids, they're most likely going to have to do school remotely. The key here is to make sure that they're really doing their schoolwork and not just playing games and goofing off. You don't want this time to bring their grades down or have a negative impact on their learning. And I know it's going to stink because it means that you're going to have to check in on them a lot while you're probably still trying to work yourself. You may also want to have a conversation with them about being mindful of posting and liking things on social media that have to do with the coronavirus. Yep, I've seen some posts that are supposed to be jokes, but are really offensive for Asian Americans and Asians in general. If your kids are posting or even liking these type of memes or jokes, guaranteed it will come back to haunt them later in life. They aren't funny and they're mean. And I just want to throw this out there. Our nation is more divided than at pretty much at any time in history. And I think social media has a lot to do with that. And I'm just going to give you an example. Something that should be kind of funny to just keep your sense of humor. Someone posted on Twitter today. This was their tweet. Chicken Little has just confirmed that the sky is indeed falling. Everyone is advised to take cover immediately and to bring lots of toilet paper with them when they do so. Now, this was just meant as humor, just to try to probably lighten up how people are feeling. But this person who posted this on Twitter is facing serious, serious backlash. Yeah, and you don't want your kids to lose an opportunity, whether it's college or a job, because of something they did in middle or high school, just trying to be silly and make a joke online. And now would also be a great time to talk about the various scams that cyber criminals are pulling so kids don't fall prey. We're going to list a few of the current ones making the rounds. The first one is fake map. There are several fake maps that are being promoted online and on social media. Everyone, even kids, want to know where people who have the virus are located. These fake maps actually have malware embedded called Corona.exe. It's a type of spyware that steals usernames, passwords, credit card numbers, and other data stored in your user's browser. So if you have a Google account... And who doesn't? Really, your information is being stolen. So next up is phishing emails sent by the CDC or the local health department. Now these emails look legit and offer a link to a coronavirus map of your neighborhood or an update on how many people have been infected. But when you click on the link, you're taken to a website that installs malware that can steal your information or it installs ransomware, which is worse, that encrypts all your files and demands money to get them back. And last up is fake charities. You'll either get an email or your kids may see something on social media about donating to help those affected by the virus. These scams operate in two ways. They either steal your information or they work to get you to donate money. 
Then, once you've donated, they now have your credit card information and can use it to purchase other items like gift cards that you won't be able to track or get your money back. And these scams can also come in via text message. So you may want to put a policy in place with your kids that they aren't to reply back to numbers that text them, even if they say they're from the CDC, their local school, or the FBI. Remind your kids that none of those places would be texting them about the coronavirus. And they may also get some spam texts about purchasing face masks, hand sanitizers, or other items. Remind them to not click on any links they get via text message. And the last thing I'll say is that the best thing we can do as parents is to stay calm, make sure everyone's washing their hands as much as possible, practicing good hygiene, and try to keep our sense of humor. Like Snoopy says... Every time you're able to find some humor in a difficult situation, you win. So stay tuned for our next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. Have your kids ever said, I want to be a social media influencer? Or do you have a teen who's obsessed with influencers? Well, we're going to give you the rundown or the skinny on influencers. And when we say influencers, you may automatically think of the Kardashians or any of the Hollywood celebrities, including music artists like Taylor Swift or Cardi B. But there are many influencers that aren't mainstream celebrities. Now, the basic definition of a social media influencer is someone who has a high level of engagement on their posts and has a loyal following of fans, typically over 10,000. And influencers monetize their successful social media presence by promoting services, products, or a marketing message on their accounts. And while social media influencers don't necessarily have to participate in paid promotions to be considered an influencer, 97% of them do. And depending on their follower count and outreach success, they can make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right now, the highest paid social media influencer is Kylie Jenner. You know, the 22-year-old makeup business owner? She can make more than $1 million per sponsored post shared with her 164 million followers just on Instagram. Well, of course, that's one of the Kardashian clan. But what about normal influencers? Well, according to Vox, the average influencer can take home anywhere from $30,000 to $100,000 per year just by promoting products like clothing, food, hotels, vitamin supplements on their pages. Influencers with more than a million followers can make more than $100,000 or even up to a quarter million dollars per sponsored post. Surprisingly, or maybe not, there are also kid influencers, and yes, they can make that much as well. Now, they go by the term kidfluencers. So why are they able to make this kind of money? Well, companies are flocking to them, hoping that their popularity and appearance of, hey, I'm just like you, a normal person, will prompt their fans to buy the products they're hawking. I mean, promoting. Yeah, but hey, does it work? Well, according to the data, 73% of kids following or watching these people on social media, whether it's YouTube or anywhere else, ask their parents to buy something because they saw it promoted. 
And 81% of parents say they buy things because their kids saw them on social media. No way. Are you serious? Yes. And the interesting thing about the YouTube kid influencers is that unlike their adult counterparts, they don't have to say that they're being paid to promote the product. So their videos look just like they're playing with a new toy or trying out some new game or just got some new clothes. Kind of like from one friend to another. Hey, check this out. Well, one of the things to keep in mind is that these techniques easily deceive kids who are in the early stages of understanding, and they don't recognize advertisements. I mean, when most of us grew up with TV and we watched cartoons on the weekend, there were actual commercials that aired. Yeah, a lot of them. Well, I mean, that's what paid for the show. And yes, we would still ask our parents for whatever the thing was we wanted. I can remember seeing that Barbie townhouse and begging my mom for it. Now, that's not happening today with the internet and social media. These influencers and companies are manipulating your kids. Instagram and YouTube are designed for adults primarily because of a federal privacy law that protects children under 13. Most pages for kidfluencers say that they are run by parents. And because these social media platforms say that they are 13 and older zones, they don't have to comply with federal rules that limit targeted advertising, advertising laws, and data collection. Now here's an example. Two six-year-olds, Ava and Everly, have more than one million followers on their Instagram account. The girls posted a 10-minute video in November titled, First Sleepover Opening Giant Presents. An adult asked the children, who were wearing matching pajamas, about their holiday wish list, which was Barbie everything. They appeared to sleep, then woke up squealing to wrapped Barbie merchandise. Wow, that sounds like something every little girl would want to watch, right? I mean, that's like every little girl's dream. Now... Keep in mind, there was nothing on this post saying this is a paid advertisement or this post is sponsored by Mattel, but it was sponsored by Mattel. And when the New York Times called them out for this, Mattel declined to comment on their child influencer strategy. Then there's the pedophiles cruising YouTube for videos of minors and leaving lewd or sexual comments. And if you think that using YouTube kids is going to take care of that issue, well, guess again, not only are those type of comments showing up there, but there are also videos depicting the death of beloved cartoon characters and actual real children in distressing situations on YouTube Kids. Yep. Just as fast as Google pulls them down, more show up. And think, if Google can't keep pedophiles from commenting and having conversations about these kids in the comments sections of videos, then there shouldn't be a comments section at all. Well, I agree, but the problem with that is when Google removes the comment sections, it's a big factor in these influencers' revenue. So Google did do that. They deleted hundreds of millions of comments, and these influencers lost hundreds and thousands of dollars in ad revenue, and they complained. You're kidding me. You're saying they'd rather have inappropriate comments posted on their kids' social media accounts that they see and internalize just so they don't lose money? Yep. That's what I'm saying. Now, before you jump up and say, wow, I'm going to go set up a YouTube channel and an Instagram and get my kid on that so we can make some serious cash, let me tell you about the new influencers in town. They're virtual personalities that are created by companies. They're basically fake influencers. These companies are finally waking up and going, wait, why are we paying these kids and nobodies all this money to promote our product? They're just images online. Why not just create our own influencer and keep all that advertising money? 
And even celebrities and supermodels are starting the field to squeeze on their revenue. The attitude is shifting to why hire one of them to market the product when we can create the ideal brand ambassador from scratch. So in the IT world, these are called deep fakes. Fake influencers include Lil Michaela, a virtual singer and model created by a U.S. company who has 1.6 million followers on Instagram. Then there's Bermuda, another pretend music star who has 172,000 followers and a fictional on-off relationship with Blocko, a virtual influencer who has shown skateboarding, playing basketball, getting a tattoo, and drinking a beer in his Instagram account, which has 145,000 followers. They've been used to promote brands such as Spotify, Absolute Vodka, and Fendi. So you may be chuckling right now, kind of like me, going, really, you've got to be kidding. This sounds ridiculous. And believe me, I know it does. However, Lil Michaela was listed in Time Magazine as one of the top most influential people on the internet in 2019. You can't be serious. You're joking, right? No, I'm serious. People. Really, a fake computer-created image was on a list with Prince Harry, a real royal. Now, she's also released several music singles and has a YouTube channel with over, ready, 8.4 million video views. Time Magazine lists this virtual fake influencer at a net worth of at least $125 million. That is just insane. But it makes sense with the live data that the social media platforms provide to these brands and corporations. It gives them the ability to create posts that feature perfect boys and girls who can speak to a large young audience at the click of a button. This makes it easy to manipulate kids by creating the most influential series of images. Some of these virtual influencers describe themselves as robots, but most of the time they present it as if they're human, like they just act like they're real. And this is what the industry calls mixed reality. So a recent Instagram example by little Michaela said, is what she said, I keep a Spotify list of stuff I'm listening to, but outside of that, I've been really into Ski Mask and Nina Kravitz. I found a cool remix of that new Lizzo song I really liked the other day. But yeah, the new Billie Eilish and Slater songs are on repeat too. Her Instagram pictures show her posing with real musicians backstage, and sometimes there's political messaging. She posted a sign saying, keep abortion legal. And another fake influencer, Bermuda, is an outspoken Donald Trump supporter. Now, kids need role models, but these role models are being created by marketers. They aren't real, and they inspire and create nothing but attention-seeking. They aren't there to educate and empower. They aren't feeding the homeless, helping those less fortunate, or making the world a better place. The way they are engaging and influencing is by making kids feel afraid, angry, and insecure. The biggest thing we can do for our kids is to get them to think critically to ask, am I being influenced by an individual or a group? And why? And what is their agenda? Just one of the problems with the digital world we now live in is that computers are able to use AI, that's artificial intelligence, in order to mimic a deep psychological process which allows people to trust others. They are able to program these influencers so that the optimal number of people feel as if this voice is real and can be trusted. Well, not too long ago, little Michaela did a video talking about her experience of sexual assault. That's a very traumatic and real human experience. 
Thousands of kids and young adults watched this and were outraged. They actually believe that this is a real person who was insulted. I believe that one went too far. It crossed a line. Now, if that's not manipulative, I don't know what is. Now, I'm not trying to create a moral panic, but it is important that as parents, you're aware that computers can mimic some important aspects of what the human brain is able to detect, and that advertisers and big companies are using this on your kids today, right now. It's even more important to talk to our kids about this and help them recognize this so that they're not sucked in. Here are just some of the brands that are using these deep fakes. Calvin Klein, Smart Car, Tommy Hilfiger, Marc Jacobs, Dior, Prada, and Samsung Mobile, just to name a few. And the scary thing is that right now there is someone behind these fake influencers writing the content, a real person. However, advertising industry sources say that within two to three years, artificial intelligence will allow virtual influencers to generate their own own fresh Instagram posts using machine learning to analyze the data and posts from their followers and work out the best way to manipulate them. Now, here's the top nine fake or virtual influencers on Instagram. You may want to do a check and see if your kids are following any of these. Then you may want to sit down and have a heart-to-heart about real people versus company-created images and how AI is being used to manipulate them into buying products. Now, these aren't real names, so I'm sure I'm going to jack them up and not get them right. But hey, who cares? They're fake anyway. (laughs) Lil Michaela, a new Nuri. I'm a gram. Maybe it's Imagram. Should a gram. Who knows a gram? I don't know. Blocko 22. It's Big Bid Benzy something. Googiemon, Cade Harper, and Janky, just to name a few. That's just really funny. So there are over 50 of these virtual influencers, and the list keeps growing every day. Now, before you say, my kids wouldn't be interested in these fake influencers, let me tell you who their core audience followers are. 94% are kids 13 to 17 years old, and 32% are young adults 18 to 24. Welcome to the brave new digital world your kids live in. It's up to you to prepare them and we can help you. You should follow us on Facebook at Your Kids Secret Life or visit us at www.yourkidssecretlife.com. Well, that wraps up another show. Have a great week, everyone. And remember, you can do this. Thanks for listening to Your Kids Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kids Secret Life.